Aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper? What's up, nerds? Welcome to another episode of the Multiverse Report. We are recapping the week's nerdy news from Arkham Asylum to the BRPD, the Bureau for... I just looked it up and now I don't remember what it stands for. Bureau of Research... Bureau for Paranormal Research and Defense, BPRD. Maybe it would help if I had the initials right. Well, you know, anyway, acronyms are overrated, Mike. Arkham Asylum to the BPRD and everywhere in between. My name is Mike Gibson. With me as always is Steve Haller. What's up, Steve? Uh, a lot of news, a lot of ramping, a lot of slowing, a lot of whatever happened with Quantumania, because it seems like there's two sets of people that watched it and uh, just about everything else in between there. Yeah, yeah. Um... We're going to talk about uh, some box office numbers for Quantum Mania and the, the mixed uh, reviews later on uh, towards the end of the show. Um, it is out this week. Steve yeah. and I have not seen it. Is that correct? You correct. have not seen it? I'll be seeing and it Tuesday. I also plan to see it sometime within the next week. So at least no later than next week, uh, you will have our reactions and review of Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania. But and yeah. If it's, if it's anything like anybody I've talked to, it's going to be a decent enough review. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of going. I'm going in mid. I'm right. just like, I don't know. Uh, even like, even before like the reviews, I knew this was going to be the end of the show. But I mean, we can, I guess, recap. But like, yeah, um, yeah, we can go. We can go deeper then. But yeah, let's wait till the let's wait till the end yeah. of the show so we don't. Uh, we'll bury. The we got other stuff one. to talk about. <laughs> other stuff to talk about, including um, Marvel stuff. Um, we're also going to touch on some Star Wars and some DC stuff and some comics news. So. Stick around for all of that. Kicking it off with Marvel. Weird. We would never talk about those things, Mike. We would never talk about those things. It's crazy. Um, our Marvel and our Star Wars story is kind of the same story. Uh, it's it's spent literally comes from one article from the Hollywood Reporter uh, that covers both. We're going to talk about the Marvel stuff first. Um, straight out of the mouth of Bob Iger himself, head man, head honcho over there at the Disney Corporation, Bob Iger says that Disney planning to slow the pace of their Marvel content, the release and the production of their Marvel content. Mm -hmm. Big round of applause for me. Yeah, same. Huge round of applause. Anybody who's been listening to the pod for a while or any has, uh, will will remember that both Mike and I are like, you know, we're, we're as in this as you can get. And we're both like, what? Turn the fire yeah. hose off, please. We're both ready for a break. Yep. <laughs> yeah. um, turn the fire hose off. Uh, yeah, I don't think you have to go back very far in this podcast to hear one of us say something about how we could go longer <laughs> without a new Marvel movie or show or anything. Yeah. And apparently um, Bob Iger feels the same way. He said that the company needs to, quote, be, quote, better at curating their franchise content. And uh, that also happens to be, quote, extraordinarily expensive. And that, quote, we want quality on the screen, but we have to look at what it costs us. And um, And mind you, this is the Bob Iger who oversaw most of the 20 plus movies of the MCU until 2019 when he was when he stepped down as CEO. Um, And that leaves a what three year gap where, oh, things started going sideways and production started ramping up and they were just throwing things at us. And. Oh, now he's back in charge, and he's saying, "Hey, let's stop this. Let's make good movies." 
Yeah, uh, and this comes on the heels of Disney, I believe, eliminating 7,000 <laughs> jobs. <Yeah. laughs> they uh, fired a bunch of people, and they also announced like sequels to like just huge uh, franchises like Toy Story, Frozen, and like Zootopia are all getting additional sequels. Oh. And I think that they're turning one. I mean, we're going to talk about this in, I guess, in more detail, but we'll start it now. They, this article seems to indicate that Disney is um, is switching back to a focus on theatrical releases and less on home releases, which again is an about face from Bob Iger. He's the one that uh, was really focused on streaming. He wanted Disney Plus was like his like big thing. He wanted to get off the ground before he left, and he did. Um, but a lot has changed in many ways uh, since the advent of that. You know, pre-COVID everyone was headed towards streaming and then COVID hit and then everyone was really going towards streaming and really going nowhere else besides their homes. And now, um, this is kind of, I'm look, I mean, we've barely gotten into this article, but I, I'm going to, I guess I'll, I'll preface this now. I was going to say it later, but I'll preface this by saying a lot of what I read in this article makes me feel like this is fallout from the Batgirl decision. And we talked about that, how like HBO max was saying, Yo, we're spending a lot of money on these things that were essentially given away for free or $15 a month or whatever. Right. $15 a month isn't necessarily adding up to, you know, spending hundreds of millions of dollars on blockbuster movies that we're just releasing on our uh, on our site, which means we're going to cancel Batgirl and we're going to cancel these other things that we were going to put out, but we're just throwing money out the window here. And I think that this is I think you know, we kind of mentioned this, but the Batgirl thing and HBO Max shrinking in scope, we thought might have been a sign of other companies pulling away, not completely, like Disney Plus isn't going anywhere, but like pivoting kind of away from just dumping money into streaming and not really seeing any return back to theatrical releases where they do see that box office return and they are making more money back. So I think right. both of these things are aimed at more success for the company, especially in someone like Disney who owns Bob Iger also is the one that oversaw the purchase of Marvel oversaw the purchase of Lucasfilm. Um, and I think, I mean, Matt, our friend Matt Pesetta can correct me if I'm wrong. I believe he's the one that ensured that Pixar was happy being a part of Disney. Cause there was a point where Pixar was going to go out on right. its own for a little bit and they made a deal to make sure Pixar was under the same umbrella. Um, so it really seems like they're kind of, they want to keep all that going, but like they can't, they can't produce Marvel content and Star Wars content and Pixar content and Disney content at the same pace. They can't produce all those in the same pace and expect to not be bumping into each other at the box office. Like that's it's an impossibility. And I think that this is step one in addressing them like kind of self them like cannibalizing themselves right. at the box. You can't have Ant-Man come out one week and then Indiana Jones come out the next week. And then you're just cutting into your own sales. No, you literally, I mean, they saw what happened to that with solo. Yeah. Like, yeah. They've, you, they've lived through it a few right. times, I think. I mean, yeah. And, and now that they own prop, the other properties that were cannibalizing it, because Deadpool two came out around that time too. It was like now, now they own yeah. 20th century Fox. So they're just cannibalizing themselves even more. Exactly. They have a million franchises and they can't possibly produce all of them at the same rate and expect them to all, you know, just crush the box office because not everyone can go see every movie. Even you and me, Steve, right. as like you said, as nerdy as we are, we need to pump the brakes every once in a while. So 
well, and even more so, like keep up with every possible streaming option. Which yes, it's. I mean, even right now, there's two things out. Both of them are great. I still can't find time to watch them. Like yeah, Last same. of Us, I've been keeping up with mostly close to when it comes out. Bad yeah. Batch, I'm like three weeks behind on. And see, you know, I'm I, opposite of you. I am caught. Yeah. I'm current on Bad Batch, and I'm behind on Last of Us. Yeah. yeah. Um, Go watch the Last of Us now because those two episodes. Dude, are I know. Fantastic. I know. Like I said, like I mentioned, I'm doing this February songwriting yep. uh, project where I'm supposed to write and record 14 songs in 28 days. I'm currently sitting at 19 songs, which is uh, quite a bit more than I expected that's, to write. That's more than 14. Uh, yes, it sure is. Steve. I, I'm not a mathematician. <laughs> sure we can talk to our friend about that, but yeah, I'm pretty sure 19 is more than 14. Yeah, it's too many. So. Yes. Um, Anyway, that's I you know, so I can take I can take a 40 30 40 minutes and watch an episode of Bad Batch. Right. But an hour and 20 of, you know, Last of Us. Excuse me, that's a little more difficult. Anyway, Disney's planning to slow down the pace of their Marvel content. Now, originally, just to back up a little bit. Originally, this past uh, summer, San Diego Comic-Con 2022, Kevin Feige announced five Disney Plus shows that are going to be airing in 2023. Now it's looking like only two of those may actually show up on Disney Plus in 2023. Those two being Secret Invasion and Loki Season 2. Those others, uh, Echo, Agatha, Coven of Chaos, and Ironheart, not to mention the animated stuff like What If Season 2, they are likely to be pushed to 2024. Shows that that are in development, and Hollywood Reporter specifically mentioned Nova, yeah. being in development, which I think we talked about a long time ago, but I have think not it heard had been one rumored hard, but yeah. like nobody knew anything more than, right. like, hey, this is maybe a thing. Yeah, they didn't say it at Comic-Con. Yeah. You know, and we heard about it before that. So anyway, Hollywood Reporter says Nova is in development, but is now on a much slower path of development um, because of the this uh, slowdown. Also, so, uh, sidebar, we need a Nova series. Like, that's one yeah. I'm actually very excited about. <laughs> we need Nova in the MCU. Right. We need Nova in the MCU. Give me Richard Ryder or give me death. Yeah, something. Give me somebody. Um, so just to, like, um, to kind of go bird's eye view and give everyone, like, kind of, uh, you know, you know, we're talking about the glut of Marvel content and it's too much. And I'm sure some people maybe listening to this are like, I don't think it's too much. It seems just, I just love it. I'm eating it up. What do you mean? It's right. too much. Well, let's and, like and for a bit. When you look, when you think about it, you're like, am I imagining this? Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You, Does it just feel like it's so much because I've seen it for so long? Does it just right. feel like a lot? Let's look at the numbers. Phase four of the MCU. Um, had 15 total projects. There was nine in 2021 and six in 2022. Phase four, 15 total projects. Now compare that. That's two years. That's two years. Mm-hmm. Compared to phase three, phase three had only 11 projects and that stretched from 2016 to 2019. Right. So less numbers in twice as many <laughs> years or whatever, right. like, Empirically That's a, so, proving yeah. that we were not making it up. It we're not really making it was up. Was coming that hard and fast. Yeah, we're not making it up. They were, and uh, and it it was on it was on pace to outpace Phase Four based on what they announced. They announced so many movies and so many shows. Like I get, there was going to be five shows alone. Yeah. There were going to be five shows alone in 2023. Now, hope now, thank God, there's going to be only two. 
So and I think there was somebody, it was like, they didn't credit this person. It was like an anonymous, you know, Disney insider said something like, you know, they're saying that we can have 10 mediocre shows or five really great shows on Disney plus. And those are enough to keep people subscribed to Disney plus. And I, I agree with that. I would rather have five awesome Marvel shows or yeah. just shows, <laughs> you know, not even if, you know, I would rather, rather have like two great Marvel shows and three great star Wars shows than 10 mediocre yeah. Marvel shows and 10 mediocre Star Wars shows like spread it out, save your money, put the money in the right spots and make something great. So um, another sign that this is already happening, that the wheels are already turning on the slowdown is that the Marvels sequel to Captain Marvel um, had are, has already been moved from its July 28th date has been pushed to November 10th. So that's putting a lot more distance between the Marvels and other Disney releases, like we mentioned, like Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which was also supposed to come out this summer, yep. and Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, which is supposed to come out this summer. So they're kind of looking to spread some things out a little bit, which I think is very, very smart of them to do. Yeah, that's definitely not going to hurt. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, Phase 4, you had all that dropping in two years. If you'd have cut that back, if you'd have cut it in half, I, I mean, yeah. you could have, for one, well, I mean, I don't know. We wouldn't have had as much to talk about because how often did we, uh, you know, end up reverting to the VFX artists and everybody complaining with all the work coming and all this? Yeah, like, yeah, for sure. It's amazing that you know you don't have when you don't have the numbers of people to, you know, work on the projects that you're trying to force through. They're not going to be as quality. Yeah, and I, 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 I wouldn't be surprised if that was. I mean, they're not going to come out and say this, but I wouldn't be surprised if that was a factor yeah. in finally getting them to like turn stuff down. I'm sure it was budget, and you know, if you're paying, like, even if you're underpaying virtual effects houses, you're still paying them something, and you're paying them to make five shows a year. Well, let's just pay them to make two shows a year, so we're cutting back. And even if we're still treating them like shit and undercutting them, at least we're still saving money. Like that's a good business decision, I guess, in general, but. My, I can't imagine that some of these VFX houses aren't pushing back on them a little bit or upping their rates or putting their foot down in some way after all these uh, reports. So uh, now hopefully this slowdown in the space that they're leaving for themselves, hopefully this is going to allow them to put the right amount of people uh, or effects uh, designers on these projects and also to uh, pay them what they need to be paid and give them the time they need to actually make these look great and uh, we don't end up with another Thor Love and Thunder on our hands with rough, yeah. rough. Well, it's, I mean, you, we talk about the uh, TV shows and my brain is like, oh, what would Moon Knight have done if it was like top-notch VFX through the whole thing and you had a little yeah. bit more time to flesh that story out and... Right. You know, maybe maybe script doctor for another couple months. And where does that yeah. go? Because that. Yeah, it was like, I mean, and I may be partial just for liking the character, but it's like there was a lot of promise there and it just didn't quite land how it should have or I would think it should have. I thought a lot of it was great, but like I remember we talked about, it, I didn't. I thought the ending was kind of like abrupt yeah. and kind of jumbled a little bit. And, you know, if you're taking more time maybe six episodes becomes eight episodes becomes 10 episodes, you know, like take your time and tell a better story. You know, not every, not every episode has to be full of, uh, virtual effects. Right. Um, but you know, if you can, you know, maybe we only get 
two shows a year, but maybe they're 10 episodes instead of six. I would love that. I would love that. Like spend more time developing the characters, the story, whatever. Yeah. Give me some more nuance. I don't need everything uh, crammed in. I feel like a lot of the Marvel shows, they take their time for like the first four episodes and then the last two is like cramming a ton of stuff in. It's like if this was eight, then it would be it would feel a little looser, a little more natural, I guess. So I don't know. Who knows? Maybe that'll be um, part of what comes out of this. So on the flip side of this, uh, you know, Star Wars is also owned by Disney. Yo, know, really? they're Disney. Uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> Disney's saying that Marvel is going to slow their production. It makes sense to, to assume that Star Wars is also going to slow their production. But you would be wrong. Apparently, according to Bob Iger, contrary to the Marvel announcement, he says that Lucasfilm may, quote, ramp up um, the three Disney Plus shows that are planned for 2023, being Ahsoka, The Skeleton Crew, and Mandalorian Season 3, which starts March 1st. Very excited about that. They are still expected to debut this year. No delays with any three of those shows. And we uh, should all be looking forward to new Star Wars movie announcements this April at Star Wars com or coming out of Star Wars Celebration, which is happening uh, this April in London. Yeah. So, well, um, that, I mean, you hear you hear Star Wars is going to ramp, but right now it's ramping from the ground floor like we've been the breaks have been on since 2019 since the force awakens we haven't yeah. seen hide nor hair of anything on the big screen and yeah. outside of you know mandalorian and the bad batch and i mean I, I cannot discount andor because that was just cinema um certainly not but like it, there's been a dearth of big ticket star wars and yeah. they have a cash cow that they want a big ticket from so we're going to see it. It's yeah. just like he does at the end in that, that same quote, he does state that they they will still be abiding by the fiscal responsibility of the yes. rest of the like what he had just talked about, why Marvel's doing what they're doing. So, yes, the full quote is Lucasfilm may ramp up, but it will have to abide by the same fiscal fiscal discipline as the rest of the company. So they're really looking to like pull back on just spending, 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 spending. Yep. And making sure they're spending when they are spending that they're spending it on something of quality, which I think is a smart idea. <laughs> like, don't which, just. Yeah. yeah, I think weirdly don't. that's what they've done with Star Wars. Like, Mando has been top notch, Andor was yeah. just an A plus, incredible. Yeah, and then the bad, even in animation, Bad Batch has been great. Yeah, um, and I know like we're kind of trained to think of animation as separate. In, in Star Wars, it is the same. It's canon everything all the animation stuff besides unless they specifically state like the visions stuff is not canon you know right. but um but oh, uh, you know what we forgot about two things what uh boba fett and kenobi oh i didn't forget about those things i did i like star wars has been <laughs> they've, they've almost been like it, it's weird because those two shows in my brain i think of them when i think of canon yeah. But for some reason, they just, they, they didn't even dawn on me. Like, the, it, Kenobi, well, actually, Kenobi's the same deal as the Marvel thing. Like, why didn't yeah. they just take some more time and flesh that out yeah. and run it back a little tighter than they'd had before? Yep. And that's, there was, there was bones there. It just didn't I agree. quite get there. 
I thought that I thought that show was great, and I would love to watch it again at some point. Um, but I think it would have been better with at least one more episode, so they could pace it a little bit better yeah. and like really take their time. You know, I don't know. Um, but no, I, I Star Wars has been crushing it on the small screen. I think as far as like content, they certainly haven't gone anywhere. They've given us a lot of cool stuff. They've given us some mediocre stuff too. Boba Fett, I'm looking at you. Um, but and even taking risks, like you said, with visions, like, yeah, it's not yeah. canon, but they threw that out there. And, you know, even as a non anime fan, half of it was really a cool. lot of people loved it. Yeah, right. we're getting a season two of it. Yeah. So, yeah, it was like, certainly half popular. Of like, I, they weren't my jive, but the other half were just like, yeah, this is really good. That's great. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, but I don't know, like, I've heard people online say the opposite of this, but. In my heart, I think Star Wars is movies. Star Wars belongs on the big screen and needs to be seen in a theater. I think that's how I prefer watching Star Wars. Like, I want a movie. Yeah. I want a movie, and I, I want to know what's coming next. And we know, as of right now, there may be more, but we know that, you know, since the... I mean, the last... Rise of Skywalker is the last Sky, uh, Star Wars film that we saw. It came out in 2019. Since then... Disregarding all the people that have been hired and have subsequently left projects at Lucasfilm, of which there have been a few, mm -hmm. we know that Damon Lindelof, Patty Jenkins, and Taika Waititi are all currently developing new films. So it may be um, one of these or a few of these that we hear confirmation on come April, Star Wars Celebration. I'm not sure exactly what date Star Wars Celebration is um, happening. But Steve, you and I are going to that, right? We're going to I London for Star Wars wish. Celebration? Yeah, <laughs> the next stateside yeah. one we should find a way to go to. We should maybe by then someone will be paying us to do this uh, podcast, and they'll send us as oh, press, like press pressers. We get an interview. Uh, um, Hayden Christensen. I don't know. <laughs> First Star Wars actor I could think of. Um, so yeah, I'm very excited about this. I'm very excited to hear what comes out of uh, celebration. Are we getting a new? Uh, trilogy? Are we getting something very different? Are we getting Rogue Squadron? Finally, are we getting whatever the heck Taika Waititi is coming up with? We don't know. We don't know. Are we getting well, something that we don't the, know about? The Johnson trilogy still has like there, there's been nothing saying that's canceled. No, then, he said that it's still. He said he would love to still do it. He's talked yeah. to Kathleen Kennedy about it, and it's just they have to find time to do it because he's busy with Knives Out stuff, right. and um, you know he's got like a show on Peacock also. So. Hmm. And then the, knows? Um, what was it, Sean Levy from Deadpool and Kevin Feige were both Oh, yeah, that's too. right. Yeah, that's true. Well, wait, Sean Levy. Am I thinking of, no, who's doing Skeleton Crew? Uh, There's a, Mar a Marvel person is attached to Skeleton Crew, I think. I know Jude Law's, oh, is that the Daniel Cretton uh, one? I think it might be. John Watts. That's who it was. Oh, John Watts. Okay, yep. yes, that's right. Okay, okay. Yeah, you're right. I forgot um, Which that, that we've heard. I, God, I forgot about that because it's supposed to be like the teenager thing. And Watts, I mean, he wrote well enough for Spidey, so. Yep. Yeah, Homecoming was great. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's right. So who knows what we're going to find out. Um, but we do know that Daisy Ridley had lunch at Lucasfilm not long ago, so. <laughs> Hoping that's what it is. Who knows? Um, but yeah, this all says to me that uh, they're probably that this 
seemingly Disney is starting to pull away from streaming and go back to theatrical release model. Fine with me for a lot of these projects. Um, clearly, I still want things like Mandal. I don't want Mandalorian to go away. You know, yeah. I would still love a second season of, I don't know, whatever, She-Hulk or something. And that, like She-Hulk is a, is a show that I loved. I yeah. loved She-Hulk, despite often janky CGI. If they could put some real money into that CGI, that I would have loved it even more. Even yeah. without that, like that was a quality for me. That was such a quality product that even with the janky CGI, I didn't care because yeah. the writing was so good. So if you give me that plus incredible effects, then I'm totally in. Same with Moon Knight. Same with Moon Knight. Yeah. Ms. Marvel. If yeah, they Ms. Marvel was great. It, well, it was great until the last episode when everything was just like, uh, yeah, that's what I mean. Nice yeah, that's what right. I mean, dude. It's just like, give these shows an extra episode or two to yeah. like flesh things out a little bit more or drag out, you know, maybe there's an action scene that spans two episodes instead of just like taking place in five minutes in one episode. You know, I don't know. You take your time, do some real film i don't know anyway moving from a galaxy far far away into one that's much closer to home dc this past valentine's day very fitting for valentine's day i i mean i i guess uh i don't know um todd phillips posted a first look at uh his work on joker foley adieu sequel to joker posted it on valentine's day social media it is a picture it shows both walking phoenix and Lady Gaga, um, in like a very like close up face to face embrace. Like it's almost like they're about to kiss or they just finished kissing her hands or like on his neck. He's got his makeup is on, but it's like faded. Like it's rubbed off a little bit. It looks like maybe some is on her upper lip. Like maybe they just kissed. She's looking, she's looking very intensely at him and he is kind of like slyly smiling down at her. I still don't think they've officially told us that she's playing Harley Quinn, but it seems insane to think that she's playing anybody other than Harley Quinn, unless they're just making up a new character that has the same storyline as Harley Quinn. Um, uh, it's kind of hard to say much about this because it's just a image, but I mean, I think it looks good. It looks like they are acting intensely with each other. Any yeah. thoughts on this picture, Steve? No, I think that's about it. I still don't know what the hell to expect or think about this movie, so... Yeah, don't forget, it's a musical. Right. It's a musical. Don't forget. <laughs> like, in the right hands, that makes me very excited. In the wrong hands, yeah. that makes me very worried. If if they had told me this was just a straight sequel to Joker, I mean, I'm, 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 a, I'm a bit excited about this movie. I'm only a bit because I didn't love the first one. I thought the first one was... It was a good film... It was well shot. It was well made. Joaquin Phoenix is incredible in it. All the actors are great. Just didn't feel like my kind of Joker. I'm sure I've said this a million times on this podcast. But if you just said it was a sequel, then I'd be like, meh, fine. But you tell me it's a sequel and a musical, that makes it weird enough that it makes me intrigued and a little excited about seeing it. And Lady Gaga's in it as Harley Quinn? Like, sure. That sounds cool. My, my one... Um, the one thing that I'm nervous about, though, is that how is how Harley is going to be depicted because she hasn't in canonically in the books she has not been with the Joker in years. Yeah. It's been so long since she's been with the Joker because writers figured out 
I think probably pretty quickly that like we're just writing about this woman. If we want to, if we want to write for this woman well, we have to acknowledge that she is in a toxic relationship with this character, and that's not great. That's not great for a character. It's not great for us to keep her there. So let's get her away. And she's been with Poison Ivy in the books for like a long time. So like that em- emancipated Harley is my favorite Harley. It's a lot of people's favorite Harley, and to see her go back into this relationship with the Joker seems like a step back. Um, but it all depends on how they handle it and what they do with her, what kind of character she is. I mean, well, and I don't think like knowing her personality in general as a actor and professional, I'm pretty sure she would. Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure she wouldn't sign up for something that's going to throw into like, like back to the, the the OG uh that's a good relationship point. in that so that's a good point yeah um you know and i'm sure like the first joker was like i just said a a different interpretation of that character for sure so i'm sure that this is going to be a different interpretation of harley or of their romance um however it may happen i mean he was also like did did you see Still have you seen, seen joker it. This is not a spoiler, but like I can't, the character's name is Arthur Fleck. I can't see Arthur Fleck as being any kind of like manipulative mastermind. He's just like a mentally ill guy. It's like right. sad. He's not a master genius criminal or anything like that, like at all. So, you know, in the in the books, it's kind of like Joker is like manipulating Harley and making her think whatever. Like, I don't know that he can exert that kind of power over anybody, anybody. So um, we'll have to see the big question marks hanging around this movie. The first one was an R rated, the, the highest grossing R rated movie of all time uh, made a billion dollars. So um, of course they were going to make a sequel. I don't think they, anyone knew that it was going to be a musical, but um, I guess we'll just have to see how it goes. We know it's going to be under the Elseworlds banner of DC, keeping it separate from the DCU, but in regular DCU, we got a few hints at some stuff that we might be getting from James Gunn um, and his uh, slowly assembling universe. First of all, I thought this was this was cool, and I wish that there was more evidence here uh, for us to kind of like you know triangulate and figure out some characters that we may be seeing. But uh, two media outlets ran polls, fan polls, about characters that that uh, fans want to see in the in the DCU. IGN ran a fan poll and ranked their top 10 characters that they wanted to see. And Bleeding Cool did a poll. Bleeding Cool might have been an internal poll. I don't know if it was a fan poll, but it was just like the people that work at Bleeding Cool who they wanted to do. Number one in both lists was Nightwing. Um, I think that Nightwing has always been a popular character. I think his popularity has skyrocketed in the last few years recently, especially with this Tom Taylor run being incredible. So anyway, I'll say the IGN, the ranked their... uh, Reader's poll uh, ranked from 1 to 10. Number one was Nightwing, followed by Martian Manhunter, Lobo, Brainiac, Deathstroke, Jason Todd, Zatanna, The Court of Owls, Mr. Freeze, and John Constantine. So IGN tweeted the, the top 10 results of that poll or posted it on something or whatever, and James Gunn responded to it and said, how's 5 out of 10? Or does 5 out of 10 work for you or something like that? So he's acknowledging that five of those characters are going to be in his DCU. Now, Bleeding Cool 
had their top eight. Mm-hmm. And I was I was hoping for a lot of crossover here so we could determine like, ooh, okay. Yeah, da, da, da. But there isn't. Anyway, their top eight were Nightwing, Terra, John Kent as Superman, Clark's son, Su- uh, John Kent Superman, Roy Harper, uh, a sidekick to Green Arrow, known as Speedy, then known as Arsenal, Green Lantern, but specifically Kyle Rayner is the Green Lantern from 90s Green Lantern. Vixen, Batgirl, but not Barbara Gordon, Cassandra Kane as Batgirl, and Static Shock. And they tweeted that out. James Gunn responded to that and said, how's four out of eight? So huh. we get in five, five, <laughs> five out of ten for the IGN poll, four out of eight for the Bleeding Cool poll. And like I said, I wish there was more crossover. Right. So we could say like, okay, well, let's see. Well, I, Night- well, I mean, the, the only one in both is Nightwing. Right. And, you and know, that doesn't even mean it could be. It doesn't, but it does. Like It doesn't, but I'm not pretty gonna, sure. Yeah. I, he Gun, said. Gun knows he, where his bread's buttered, and he knows Nightwing he, is important enough of a character. Yes. And the fact that he said that the Brave and the Bold film is going to be the entry point for the Bat family of the DCU. Right. You don't have a Bat family without Dick Grayson. You don't have a Bat family without Nightwing. Mm-hmm. So, um, I would um, uh, I would say Bleeding Cool. We're working we're working with discerning two out of six because I mean Kyle Rayner like the the show will literally be called Lanterns. Yeah, so, easily could put easily could put Kyle Rayner in there. Yeah, I mean they I'll did s- he did they confirm which lanterns they were. Well, it said that the focus was going to be Hal Jordan and Jon Stewart. They were going to be the two main characters, but that we would see cameos from other Green Lanterns. Right. So that's, I mean, that's probably a decent shout. Could be Kyle Rayner. Could be Guy Gardner. I mean, there's a lot of Green Lanterns, though. There's a lot. There's thousands of Green Lanterns. So Um, um, the Cassandra Cain thing definitely changes the Batgirl thing. Um, Yeah. I don't know. Although, although now I'm uh, now that I'm my my son is now obsessed with bat wings or bat wheels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you told me that. <laughs> I'm seeing all the all the obscure DC everything now. Yeah, yeah, and um, I don't like you don't know because uh, seemingly, if um, based on what we know about Brave and the Bull, it seems like the there's going to be an, the Bat Family. Like he said that, it's going to be the entry point for the Bat Family. Like yeah. the Bat Family is going to be, already be kind of established. So who knows if Barbara is still going to be Batgirl. It could be Cassandra. She could be Oracle. Who knows? Right. Who knows? Um, yeah, wherever, but anyway, they, wherever they land, Barbara Gordon could just be Barbara Gordon. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't think we're going to get Jonathan Kent as Superman. But he uh, may still appear. Did, he could appear. Did it, did it explicitly say as Superman or the the poll did say Jonathan Kent parentheses or said Superman parentheses Jonathan Kent. Oh, uh, okay. I don't think they're doing that. I think yeah. they're going to be it's going to be Clark Kent for yeah. a while. I think. Um, or anyway, or call me crazy. Is that the reason why they canned uh, what's his face? Cavill. Yeah. Well, they said they were going with a younger Clark not, Kent, though. Oh, did did they specifically say younger Clark Kent? Yeah, I knew they. Yeah, I knew but they had said a younger actor or a younger, yeah, something. So, yeah. But also, like, part of me thinks that that was just like an excuse yeah. to say we're not bringing Henry Cavill back. We need right. somebody younger, and it's going to be like someone that was like two years younger. Like, I because they also said it's not going to be like an origin, and right. it's not going to be Smallville Clark. He's going to be already Superman. He's going to already be working at the Daily Planet in Metropolis. So it's like. 
okay, well, how much younger do you really need to be? You don't really need to be that much younger. Right. So that might've been a little bit of an excuse. I, my money for this, I think on out of these, I think we're going to see Nightwing. I think we're going to see uh, John Constantine. I think we're going to see Static Shock. Those are my three picks. I think Static is going to be introduced or get his own movie in a big way. Yeah, he's come up in conversation quite a few times in various things. So, um, He's Mar- got a built-in fan base. Martian Manhunter <laughs> technically appeared already. Technically saw Martian Manhunter already. Yep. Doesn't mean that we won't see him again. I think, I mean, he's a big part of the Justice League and a lot of versions of that story. So yeah. I would, I would like a Martian Manhunter to be introduced in some way. A lot of people are saying Brainiac um, should be the villain of a new Superman movie. It's insane that we've had so many Superman movies without Brainiac. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up being the villain of James Gunn's Superman legacy. Right. Because I mean, um, Brainiac also has ties to Krypton. So like that's yeah. if, if, if legacy deals with him, like his origins on Krypton and also his origins on earth, then Brainiac is a villain that spans those two spaces. So I think that would make sense. Right. Lobo where there's smoke, there's fire. Yep. Yep. Again, another name that's been tossed about everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Also someone like Zatanna, like Zatanna is, um, you know, related to like, uh, Constantine, Justice League Dark, Swamp Thing, you know, like there's ties there. If Swamp yeah. Thing is going to be like the intro to like a mystical uh, horror universe, then Zatanna could uh, could be right there. Yeah. So, I mean, and does- also we keep forgetting. I feel like we we keep forgetting like Jane, the the announcements that we got are not all of his chapter one of the of right. Gods he and Monsters. Like he's that. there's more coming. We're gonna yeah. get more movies and shows out of this first chapter. So. They could be making a Zatanna movie, for all we know. Or Constantine. I mean, we're, they we're getting the... We found out last week that we're getting the Constantine, the Keanu Reeves Constantine, too. But right. um, who knows? Constantine probably... I would be, I would not be surprised if Constantine showed up in Swamp Thing. Yeah. Um, Swamp Thing is a character that was created by Alan Moore during his Swamp Thing run and debuted in an issue of Swamp Thing. So I would not be surprised if that's where we meet the DCU Constantine. Uh, Court of Oz. Um, Court of Owls would be great uh, for the Brave and the Bold. They wanted yeah. to do a cool, like a villain that we haven't seen before. Court of Owls would be great. Um, we shall see. We shall see somebody that may be playing one of these characters um, or not. Maybe somebody else. Frank Grillo, actor extraordinaire. You may be familiar with him if you're a nerd uh, as him being Crossbones in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Captain mm-hmm. America villain Crossbones, who we saw twice. Right? He was in Winter Soldier in Civil War, and he dies in Civil War. Is that correct? Uh, he was also in the... You technically saw him in the flashback in Endgame. Correct. Yes. He, played, he, the he came back scene. to the flashback. Yep. Yep. Uh, good point. So, um, uh, he posted a picture on his Instagram story this week of a DC logo with the caption, The only thing constant is change. I assume that, that means changing from the Marvel Cinematic Universe to the DC Cinematic Universe. Um, and uh, that caption was followed with uh, three boxing glove emojis. Now, a lot of people were saying, like, oh, he would be a great Deathstroke. And I agree. He would be a great Deathstroke. Yeah. Um, people are saying that he'd be, uh, you know, fan casting him as a lot of other characters. If you want to look at the boxing gloves as some kind of sign for who he might be playing in DC Universe, I think he might be playing Ted Grant Wildcat, which is a character that we talked about 
not long ago um, on this very podcast, I think in some kind of like rumor or, you know, you know, all I think it was the build up to before the announcement of the DC universe. Wildcat is a member of the Justice Society of America. He is a boxer turned vigilante. And then in later stories, he has kind of aged out of being a superhero himself, but he trains um, younger superheroes, um, specifically has a strong relationship with Black Canary in the books yeah. and teaches her how what, to fight, brings her kind of brings her up. Yeah, I yeah. can't remember whether we were talking about him then or whether it was when the other JSM members were showing up in Black Adam. You know what? Yeah, that might have been it. I don't really remember yeah. when we were talking about it, but I definitely, but it definitely mentioned Wildcat. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, like, I think Who? that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think he would be a good fit because he's like a little grizzly, um, gravelly kind of guy. And he's like, I mean, he's not old, but he's like a little on the older side. So he, I think he would serve well as like um, a father figure yeah. mentor to, you know, um, a, any younger character that's trying to learn how to fight, whether it be Robin or Batgirl or Black Canary, whatever. Um, but I kind of hope that we still get uh, what's her face back as Black Canary because I really liked her in Birds of Prey. Why can't I think of her name? I got nothing on you. Not coming to me. Yeah. Uh, Journey Smollett uh, played yes. Black Canary in Birds of Prey. I thought she was great. I like her a lot. Um, even if it's not her, I hope we get the character of Birds. Birds. Uh, sorry, the character of. Uh, Black Canary moving forward because I love her. Also, I thought this was cool. James Gunn um, specified this week that he was hired to write Superman Legacy six months ago before taking the job as the new uh, creative officer of DC Films with Peter Safran. Oh. Um, so that might have been uh, his foot in the door to either pitching himself or getting asked to be uh, the head of DC Films. So, like, apparently Superman Legacy was always a separate project, even when there was rumors of a Man of Steel 2, two with Henry Cavill coming back and the J.J. Abrams, Ta-Nehisi Coates Superman movie and all this other kind of stuff that we keep hearing about. Michael B. Jordan he, movie and everything. Michael B. Jordan, yes. He was still, James Gunn was hired to write a separate Superman or develop a separate Superman project six months ago. That's August. We didn't even hear about him taking the job as DC chief until October, I think. And he didn't start until November. So, um, he was definitely, uh, already working on DC projects, a Superman movie prior to, um, prior to taking the job, which I thought was interesting. Cause yeah. I just want to know, like, I want to know who came to who I wanted. Was it Zaslav that saw like his pitch for Superman was like, Hey, do you want to do this whole thing? Or was it him being like, yep, that's my pitch for Superman. And by the way, if you give me this whole thing, this is what I would do, you know? Right. Um, or you did it come out of conversations between the two? Like I would love, and we may never get that, but I would love because there's a lot. There's I feel like there's a lot of hurt feelings um, uh, around people that got fired or stepped on or whatever um, around this whole thing. People are still mad that Henry Cavill is not coming back. So you know we may never get that, but I would love to hear how that happened for sure. So. Uh, moving into some comics news, we got a couple cool, um, couple cool comic announcements. We got uh, DC. Not a surprise whatsoever. Relaunching Brave and the Bold as an anthology series starts this May. Um, makes sense they would do this since they just announced a Batman uh, Brave and the Bold or Batman and Robin, I should say, Brave and the Bold film. Makes sense they would relaunch that title. Uh, in keeping with um, previous Brave and the Bold titles, it is going to be kind of an anthology series with different issues. Each issue telling different stories around characters uh, in and out of Gotham City, in and around Gotham City. Um 
and things like that. Teaming up with other members of the DC universe. Uh, creative teams include Tom King and Mitch Jarrods are going to have a story in the first issue. Very excited about that. Uh, Dan Mora, Christopher Cantwell, and Javier Rodriguez, and Ed Brisson and Jeff Spokes are going to. Those are the that's the creative team for the first issue. So there's going to be four different stories in the first issue alone, um, and it will continue on from there. Steve, you're shaking your head and rolling your eyes. What's up, bud? That they pulled those teams for this, like King and Jarrods. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You're you know. DC, DC royalty at this point. Yeah. Uh, Dan Mora, who I became obsessed with his art after him doing Once in Future. Um, Dude, he's he, on Batman, Batman, Superman, World's Finest right now. It oh, is yeah. incredible art. It is yeah. just like it's just like what you imagine these characters to look like in your brain. If you just yeah. say Superman, it's what you think. It's just the perfect encapsulation <laughs> awesome. of what he should look like. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah. I've just I, I've fallen in love with his stuff. And then Cantwell Rodriguez and Brisson Spokes. It's like you're they're bringing in the a team for it yeah they really are and this is the first issue right so they're and, and like the first issue is like a, a giant i think so it's not mm -hmm. they're not always going to be like have that many stories in them i think they might have like two stories in each issue or something moving forward but yeah. um still very cool and definitely speaks to like was that there there's another batman book i can't think of the title of it right now but that has been an anthology kind of series with like two or three stories within each book but those stories continue on like week to week or month to month or whatever the scooby-doo um, mysteries <laughs> <laughs> no no i can't remember what it is batman uh it's on the tip of my tongue yeah doesn't matter um anyway also announcement from dc reading a new peacemaker series again assumedly when we get the second half of that um james gunn dc announcement you got to think they're going to announce Peacemaker season two at some point. Right. Um, so it uh, makes sense to keep that character in the consciousness of the public. So it's going to be a new black label miniseries. So R rated adults only miniseries called Peacemaker tries hard <laughs> uh, from writer Kyle Starks and artist Steve Pugh. And I guess it's going to be just about him trying to be a better hero and not to just be a uh, killer for hire that works for suicide squad and all that kind of stuff. So, Makes sense that we'd get another Peacemaker series. This next thing. Oh, Brisson's on Batman Incorporated. That's what I was like. I know oh, I've seen his name Batman somewhere. Incorporated. Yeah. Cool, cool. And of course, I mean, of, it, on my side, I know him from Old Man Logan. Like that was. Right. That was just its own animal. Yeah. I knew that name, but I couldn't. Yeah, um, I, I knew he was working something. I knew I had seen his name like on the racks recently, and I couldn't remember what it was from. So. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, cool. Um, Steve, you ever read Calvin and Hobbes when you were a kid? Uh, or, yeah, that or an was, adult. I've I've read I've read every Calvin and Hobbes strip. There's been multiple Me too. times. <laughs> Me too. I have most of the books. I think I'm missing a couple that I think are at my mom's house somewhere. But I should probably just buy new copies of them so oh, I can yeah. own all them. That was um, literally they were it was a recurring rotation yeah. at uh, the yep. library at school every week. Oh, nice. Where I would just yeah. constantly take out a new Kelvin and Hobbes book on repeat. Um, yeah, I say I have all the books. I think probably at least three to four of them are about to fall apart from oh, the yeah. amount of times I read them when I was a kid. And I feel like I'm getting close to starting reading them with my son. I think he's Ooh, at yeah. least the early ones. He's starting to be at an age where he can get them. I think I was like first grade ish when I started really getting into it. So like he's like right there and I'm very excited. Why are we talking about Calvin and Hobbes? Not a traditional comic book, but a comic strip. Uh, nonetheless, you know, 
uh, art and literature juxtaposed within, um, you know, single frames to elicit an emotional response. So I think it counts. Um, Bill Watterson, creator of Calvin Hobbes, is coming out of retirement. With new Calvin and Hobbes? Nope. Nope. Not with new Calvin and Hobbes. I would, I would probably cry if he started making Calvin and Hobbes again. I would lose my mind. Um, uh, he's coming out with a book for adults called The Mysteries, described as a fable for grown-ups. The Mysteries is about a long-ago kingdom. Uh, sorry, a long-ago kingdom is afflicted with unexplainable calamities. Hoping to end the torment, the king dispatches his knights to discover the source of the mysterious events. Years later, a single battered knight returns. Mysteries, um, as mentioned a few times in this article that I read, is for adults only. I think <laughs> I think they need to say that because if you're putting Watterson, the guy from Calvin yeah. and Hobbes on it, you have to like specify, no, this is not for kids. This is not uh, comes something out in that is drooling. This yeah, is exactly. Well above and beyond. Yeah, it's not Yukon Ho. Um, <laughs> this is uh, yeah, something else, and it comes out in October. So um, the the artwork. I don't know if you clicked on the link, Steve, but like the artwork looks radically different from Cabin Hobbs. Looks terrifying, kind wow. of, uh, or creepy and scary looking. Yeah, yeah. I like it. <laughs> yeah, me too. I want to read this. I I am reading this just because it's Bill Watterson. Right. I want I want to just because of that, and right. I know that it's not going to be anything like Calvin and Hobbes, and it's not going to, um, you know, affect me the way Calvin and Hobbes did. But I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah, and we're never going to see Calvin and Hobbes in any other form like Watterson. I I know. I, Is that enraging? Like, part of me <laughs> wishes that he would license it. But it's also, like, part of me is also like, you do you, dude. Like, that's that's yeah. great that you're you're yeah. holding on to that because, like, I for those of you who don't know, Bill Watterson notoriously refused to uh, license Calvin yeah. Hobbes for anything, for merchandise, for animation, for anything, shirts, whatever, stuffed animals, like nothing 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 anytime you see a shirt with calvin and Hobbes on it or you see that dumbass fucking logo that i hate of calvin pissing on something which i fucking hate because it's a complete misunderstanding of that character mm -hmm. anyway anytime you see that that is unlicensed merchandise that is ripping off bill watterson because he has not sanctioned that that's uh and, yeah and that not to digress on it but that logo is the the same concept as the punisher skull where it's like yes. you were just completely yes. misreading the character. Yeah, you do not get it. You yeah. just don't get it. Um, Usually it's the any, same people that would have the Punisher skull. Yep, yep, logo for and sure. the Calvin yeah. sticker. So. Calvin in one corner, Punisher, blue <laughs> line, and the yeah. other one. Um, uh, yeah, like I get it. Again, like you said, like you do you, it's yours. So, you know. If you don't want to be a millionaire, you don't have to be like he could easily be. Oh, a, he's a multimillionaire. Right. He's he, already a like, multimillionaire off of the the sales of the books, I'm sure. Yeah. But like, but like, you could make bank. <laughs> you license one shirt, dude. To, yeah. Like today in 2023, you oh, yeah. tomorrow you come out with a line of Calvin House merchandise, you are going to just see money through the roof. Every 30 your... to 50 year old in the country would buy one. <laughs> I would buy 12. <laughs> I would buy so many of everything. Um, like I get it. You don't want to cheapen it, whatever. But also, yeah. like, people don't know what it is anymore because it's not. And he doesn't care about that. Clearly, 
But I feel like it's such to have to have robbed kids that love that comic. You wouldn't let them buy like a stuffed Hobbs, yeah. you know? Like yeah. that would have been so many kids, including me. I would have bought one of those when I was a, to have your in own my twenties. Yeah. Yes. Just like, just like the floppy one, you know, when uh-huh. he's like, when the parents yeah, are around parents or whatever, around. like just one that looks like that, man, that's all I want. Give that's me, all I give want. Give me the, the homicidal psycho jungle cat. Like the panel that's on the front of that with oh. uh, Hobbs, like jumping. Yes. Ass. Like, yeah. Give yeah. Me that a, on shirt a shirt like that. That's all I want. And there's unlicensed stuff out there. And at this point, I may just go get one because I fucking want a Kevin Hobbs t-shirt and he's not going to make them. And I've wanted them my whole life. And I'm like, no, I got to be true to Bill Watterson. Well, you know what? Fuck you, dude. I'm buying a t-shirt. That's <laughs> all I want in the world. It's Calvin Hobbs merchandise. I would that's die great. happy with Calvin Hobbs merchandise. Anyway, that's coming out in October. Bill, I know you're not listening to this, but if you are, just give us, give us a, give us a Hobbs plush, please. It's a Hobbs plushie. That's all I want. I would, as a forty, as a forty-year-old man, I would buy that, my for myself. I'd get one for my son too, but I would also have one. I just want one. Anyway, uh, this week, picturing whenever your, whenever your wife shows up, uh, of just like, yeah, (laughs) that'd be hilarious. It just goes goes silent and like goes in the corner whenever your wife shows up in the room. Oh yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, this week in your local comic book stores, uh, Steve is stepping away. Uh, you have Amazing Spider-Man, number 20, Batman, One Bad Day, Clayface, number one. I'm very excited about this. Um, all the One Bad Days have been great. I guess I still haven't won the, I still haven't read the Catwoman one yet, but all the bad, One Bad Days have been excellent. Clayface is a character that is very underutilized, I think. Um, really cool character and a different threat for Batman. Not only can he shapeshift, but when he's not shapeshifting, he's a giant mud monster. Like those are two very different uh, aspects of one character that can thwart Batman. So I'm very excited about uh, reading Batman One Bad Day. Clayface, the aforementioned Batman Superman World's Finest with wonderful art by Dan Mora. Number 12 comes out this week. Uh, Betsy Braddock, Captain Britain, number one. Steve is back with a tissue in his nose. I thought your nose was bleeding, but I didn't want to say anything and freak you out. <laughs> you're on mute, I think. I believe you're on mute. I didn't hear anything you just said. 100%. 100% randomly yeah. started bleeding. Are you okay? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, okay. I, yeah. Okay. You were using your telekinesis powers too much? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Or just forgot to uh, put water in my CPAP last night, so... Oh, that could be it, too. Yeah. Uh, Black Cloak, number two. Blue Book, number one. Carnage, number 10. Catwoman, number 52. Damn Them All, number five. Dark Wing Duck, number two. Deadpool, number four. Draculina Blood Simple, number one. Flash, One Minute War, number 793. Gargoyles, number three. Grim Fairy Tales, number 69. Hellboy in Love, number three. Junkyard Joe, number five. Liquid Kill, number one. Lovesick, number five. Nightwing. 101. Uh, Peter Parker and Miles Morales, Spider-Man Double Trouble, number four of four. Steve, I got to recommend if this comes out as a trade, you yeah. should get this and read it with your son. It's great. It's nice. super fun. Um, it's like a Spider-Man book for younger readers. Really great. Very enjoyable. 
Plush, number four. Purple Oblivion, number four. Saga, number 62. I feel like I haven't seen a Saga issue on this on the rundown in a while. Um, Something is Killing the Children, number 29. Very excited about that. Star Wars Dr. Aphra, number 29. Star Wars Yoda, number four. Superman, number one. Brand new number one for Superman. Jump on board while you can, folks. Thor, number 31. And Wonder Woman, number 796. Lots of stuff going on at your local comic book shop. Steve, I have not read anything um, this past week. Uh, because of my aforementioned February stuff. Have you read anything? Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say no, that's probably no. a no. Though I did pick up other stuff because you know how that goes. Um, yeah. Ooh, Batman Spawn. Nice. Yes. That is an awesome cover. Yeah, it was. it's great. And it's like a weird... Um, Ooh, yeah. Look at that. Like you can see the, the bat. Ooh, damn. Spawn over the top, so... Is that, do you know what artist that is? Is that Greg Capullo? Oh, you meant Oh, okay. Amazing. Uh, I'm going to grab. I actually didn't, excuse me, I actually didn't pick up anything this week because I don't know if you saw that DC delivery was delayed at Funky Town Comics and Vinyl this past week. So I was not able to pick up my new copy of Batman Scooby-Doo Mysteries for my son, despite going there two days in a row, thinking that the DC books would be in they still weren't in. Um... (laughs) Um, but I got to give a shout out to our fellow, uh, our friends down in Buffalo band of bards comics from the static, this horror anthology that you may remember me mentioning, um, is out and is available. You can buy it from their website, bandofbards.com. You can order a copy for yourself. I have a few comp copies here. So I guess if you know me and you want a copy, you can buy one from me. Um, it has a story by me in it called Post Traumatic Credit, Sch- Credit Scene, illustrated by the wonderful uh, Riley McFarlane. It is uh, six pages of trauma and uh, blood and murder. Hey, there you go. Yeah. Um, I just it was my coming out of my nose a minute ago, so. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, it was kind of my thoughts on, you know, like take a movie like Halloween, yep. put it in the real world, and, uh, you know, Let's say Michael Myers is really dead at the end of Halloween. What happens to Lori Strode and what's the rest of her life like? Hmm. Um, so it's kind of her um, dealing with the fallout from that um, and how it affects her for the rest of her life. Post-traumatic credit scene, credit scene, sorry, in From the Static, horror anthology by Band of Bards Comics. You can buy it. You can order it from bandofbards.com. Or like I said, if you are someone that knows me in real life, and I feel like a number of people listening to this might be those people. Um, you can Hi. buy one for me. I'm yeah. one of those people. I'll even sign it. I'll sign it for you. Cool. And give it to you if you want. Uh, uh, that's good. There's 16, 16 total stories. One of them is by me and the, uh, the great Riley McFarlane. So nice. check that out. Um, on a complete aside, I was going through boxes. Uh, we're cleaning out my crawl space over here. Uh, the little hobbit door to my left. And mm-hmm. found these gems. A... Shiny Goro Prince of Pain number one from Mirage. Goro number one. Wow. And then Street Fighter with the Whoa. <laughs> uh, number one and number two from the Mirage. Oh, there run. you go. I believe this run was in it's gold edition, uh eighteen thousand produced, twelve thousand of number two, apparently. So uh yeah, I I have no idea of any value or anything, and I'm just Gonna bring uh, them down check that out. to uh, 
show Jeff and uh, show Jeff and Jesse for the hell of it because they're just fun. Yeah, <laughs> should see what they are for sure. I feel like a lot of times number twos, sometimes number twos end up being more valuable than number ones because like number one comes out and people love it. Yep. And then everybody buy and then like by by the time everyone loves number one, the number two like has already been printed, really. Yeah. So there's only a limited amount of number twos. And then there's a, such a demand for number twos that they sell out like that. So the majority of number twos are like second printing. So if there's yeah. a, um, a series that you really like that's blow, blowing up, make sure to grab that issue too. Oh, I, uh, I also hard to find. I misspoke. It is not Mirage. It is the now defunct Malibu comics. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I've never heard of Malibu. I heard of Mirage. I've never heard of Malibu. Yeah, Malibu was who the hell did they get bought by? I think Marvel bought them up at one point. But yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say probably one of two companies. I, I was bought gonna them say off. you had a fifty-fifty <laughs> shot. So yeah, yeah it was uh, ninety-three, November ninety-three. Wow, uh, was the Street Fighter stuff, and I have no idea when the hell they published that uh, Goro Prince of Pain, but it, it was just <laughs> hilarious. I saw that, it I was like, hilarious. I love this. That's amazing. Oh, number ninety four for that. So oh, ninety four. Yeah. Wow. Huh. Wow. Sweet. Well, I guess Mortal Kombat Fever was around for a long time. You yeah. know, they made two movies in the nineties. So yep. You know, and a plethora of games. Um. Yeah, I think that's all I got. Also, I guess I got to say that about that from the stat from the static book that it's um possible that that's going to be. Uh, there's going to be like a new edition of that this fall um, hitting Kickstarter at some point. Oh, nice. So um, be on the lookout for that. If you like for a um, second volume or for like a revised. Um, I think it's a revised version of the actual one of the uh, the original one. I'm not sure um, what all the differences are going to be, but I'm sure I'll be talking about it when it happens. There you sure. go. Um, all right. Let's move into some one shots. We only got two. Um, and uh, one's the Ant-Man thing. That we're gonna start to almost start talking about at the beginning, right. but we'll leave that for the end. Uh, the other one is actually a pretty cool bit of news. There's a new Hellboy movie in development, and when I say in development, I mean it's uh, gonna start shooting pretty soon. Um, Hellboy: The Crooked Man is gonna be directed by Brian Taylor, and apparently all the cast members have not been announced yet, but they are in um, like late stages of their contract negotiations so like this thing is moving along um it is set to start shooting next month in bulgaria um so like i said more than just in development it's like it's happening uh it's been greenlit it is based on uh the comic series of the same name hellboy the crooked man which apparently came out um around the same time as the second guillermo del toro hellboy movie hellboy 2 golden army i think is that what that's not what that's called i think so um, something like that yeah and um but the big difference here which should please a lot of hellboy fans that may have been dissatisfied with recent live action hellboy outings this one is being written by mike mignola who has written i think every issue of hellboy <laughs> ever yeah um, i think so the i believe he's the creator of hellboy and main writer at the movie's being co-written by Mike co-written by Mike Mignola and his Dark Horse Comics collaborator Chris Golden. So uh, these are people that know the character more and better than anybody else. So yes, awesome. Now Steve, 
I have seen the two Guillermo del Toro Hellboy movies. I did not see the recent attempt at a reboot with David Harbour. Did you see the newest Hellboy no. movie? I'm in the same boat I you are. Did. Okay. What did you think of the Guillermo del Toro ones? Fine. I, yeah. I thought they were great. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah, I think the first one is really good. I like the first yeah. one a lot. I thought the second one was visually stunning, but I don't. I only saw it once, but I remember it being. I think the plot was like, eh, right. all right, but it looked amazing. Yeah, but um, and I I heard, I, I think the the one with David Harbor like bombed, but I heard it was actually all right. Like if you're not addicted to the Guillermo del Toro ones and you can take a a new version of Hellboy, then I think it was fine. And right. I would still like to watch that because I think that's a, I think he's a fun character. I like Hellboy. Uh, curmudgeon demon spawn doing good for the sake of doing good. You know, um, I like that. But uh, so we will see. Apparently, this movie's going faster than we thought. It just got announced this week and they're shooting next month. So it's not like, you know, you know, we're used to Marvel and DC saying, hey, two years from now, get ready for this cool thing. This is like, hey, we're already making this movie. By the way, so, here it is. Yeah. So get ready for a new Hellboy out there. People, Hellboy the Crooked Man. All right. And as we've teased Let's through the it. entire podcast, uh, after its three days of release, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania has debuted at $104 million in the U.S., worldwide $225 million. Uh, reviews are currently varied mixed, uh, 47%, so sub-50 on Rotten Tomatoes, although the audience score is 84%. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, this jives a lot with what I've heard from people. Uh, numerous, numerous. I, I think every, literally everybody I've talked to that's seen it has been like, "No, that was great. That was fine." Like, yeah, it's not like the reviews don't do it justice. Like, yes, it can get messy, but it's it's fun and it's fine. Well, that's good to know. I guess I've only I only know I only know personally one person that has seen it. And they loved it. Our, right. our, our, our friend aforementioned, I mentioned him earlier on the podcast, Matt Peseta, um, former guest of the pod. Uh, he saw it and he loved it. Yep. So uh, that's one thing. Uh, there's a few critics that I follow. And one is a huge Marvel guy, big Marvel superhero guy, Koi Jandro, who I've mentioned before on this podcast. Um, he said it looked good and... There's a lot of stuff that didn't land for him. He said he did not put it in his. He did not. He did not refer to it as top tier Marvel. He said it was like not the best Marvel movie. He seemed like he was talking around. He's someone that only likes to talk about things that he likes and doesn't uh, like to like spend time. And I could feel. I feel like I could tell that he just didn't. This didn't really click for him. I didn't. I didn't read any specific reviews or watch any of his videos talking in depth about it because I don't want to be spoiled. But. Um, and there's one other reviewer that I read that I trust who said, as she said, that it was, um, it was a, it was a big mixed bag. There are some beautiful visuals and great stuff, and but there's some stuff that gets a little clunky and doesn't. There's things that don't land. Um, yeah, that's. But, you know, for you know, who know who knows if that's you can never tell because sometimes critics are like, yeah, this is just a bad movie. And you know, a lot of times people like you and me who are like nerds who like this source material will grant it more slack mm -hmm. because we love the characters already or we're invested in the story and critics that are not willing to grant it that leeway are like, this is a bad movie. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I agree with it. Sometimes I'm like, yeah, this is bad. But sometimes I'm like, yeah, it's not the best, but 
I like this character, so I like it. You know what I mean? Because you, you, you can only talk about what you like. You know what I mean? You can only talk for your personal opinion. So no one can come out and say that this movie is terrible or this movie is great. It's just about what you think right. at the end of the day. But I have to say that the mixed reviews have really lowered my level of excitement to see this movie, which is probably why I haven't already seen it. Because I think initially I was planning on going to see it when it opened, and now I'm yeah. just kind of dragging my feet and taking my time. Um, but we shall see. Yeah. Um, do you have any, have these reviews swayed you in any way? Are you still hyped for this? Or are you kind of, how are you going into the Ant-Man on Tuesday? I think they're, I think the biggest thing the reviews have done, and it, it probably in the grand scheme of things actually helps me, is mm-hmm. just parses it down to like, oh yeah, reset your expectations to zero and go from there. Like you said. Yeah. Like that, that for me is, that's enough. Like I'll be fine with that. Sure. All right. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of where my expectations are. They're definitely lower than they were, which is probably good. Um, because then if it's, even if it's fine, I'll be like, Hey, that was great. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so, uh, we shall see. Like I said, hopefully next week we'll be able to, you know, who knows? Maybe we won't even wait till next week. Maybe we'll just do like a random Wednesday during the week. If we both seen it, we can do a reaction or whatever. Um, but we'll talk about that off mic. (laughs) Not the place to make that decision right now. But, um, yeah, it's doing pretty good uh, box office. This is the first movie of Marvel Phase 5. It's a kickoff of Phase 5, which I think we were initially told was only going to take like a year, <laughs> I think, before Phase 6 started, or maybe a year and a half or whatever. Like but, yeah. yeah, but now uh, things may be dragged out based on um, what we talked about earlier in the show. So um, I'm also like, I feel like I am in the minority of people that I don't love the other two Ant-Man movies. Like the first one is fun. And I like that one, but the second one I really don't like at all. And a lot of people love that movie and it's on the, it's near the bottom of my rankings of MCU films. So I know I'm kind of, I, I think I'm in the minority of that. I haven't met a ton of other people that also really don't like Ant-Man and the Wasp. So um, I, I wouldn't say I really didn't like it. I would definitely say it's in the lower half of my rankings. Yeah. It's way down there for me. Yeah. It's way down there for me. Um, again, one of those where I thought they threw a lot of decent ideas out and didn't quite land any of them. Yeah. Yep. That's pretty much how I feel about it too. But, um, so I guess like, I'm not, I'm not going in. I don't have that hype of like, oh yeah, third Ant-Man movie. The first two were great. This one's going to be good too. Like, I don't have that. I'm just like, "Eh, the first two were fine to bad for me. So let's see what you got, Ant-Man three, you know, who knows? So we shall Steve, you got anything else? No, I think I got. I think that's I about it else. from my end. Um, Me too, man. Me too. Well, if you uh, if you're listening to this, you should probably like and subscribe to this channel. Uh, I am not streaming live on Twitch, so I guess I don't need to mention that. Um, forgot to hit that button. We're on not the way through. Oh, oh totally bummer. forgot to hit that button <laughs> on the way through. Sorry, kept, sorry, Twitch people, find us on YouTube. Yeah, I kept checking the chat, and I was like, "There's nobody. There's nobody in the chat." Yeah. It's nobody yeah. at all in the chat. <laughs> Usually there's like people watching. It's just nobody commenting. Yeah. Like there's right. nobody. Hmm. Oh, well, never now we know button. why. Great. <laughs> um, We're not on. So, so yeah. Uh, beyond that, you know, check us out on the socials. Uh, the Multiverse Report on just about everything at Multiverse RPT on Twitter for however however long that still exists before it implodes. And uh, <laughs> go You mean Twitter there. in general, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, <laughs> yeah. definitely. Yep. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah um, as, oh, as long as it'll be allowed, we'll be there. It's just we'll be there. Whether it's not worth being there anymore. <laughs> yeah, we'll be there till the last day. Um, <laughs> we're not going anywhere. Um, although we don't post a ton on Twitter, I got to get better about that. Um, I'll also say that uh, last week after Super Bowl, we did a uh, flash trailer reaction, but somehow weirdly for a lot of people that got cut off after like two minutes um, in the audio version. If you're looking for our reaction to the flash trailer, it is up in its full um, in all of its beautiful 20 minute glory on YouTube. If you want to go and should uh, be watch. fixed in your pod feeds as well. Oh, okay, great. And yeah. should be fixed in the pod feeds as well. So um, like refresh your feeds or check it out on YouTube. If you want to see our flash um, uh, flash reaction. I know a few people were texting me saying, Hey, oh, your review got <laughs> cut off after two minutes. And I don't know what happened there. I don't know if Steve knows what happens either, but um, hopefully it doesn't happen again. No, and, that one uh, was a weird one. Usually I know it what was happens, a weird one. It was a weird one. So also for anyone that texts Mike technical questions, just text them to me because they just get forwarded yeah. to me. <laughs> yeah, if it's technical, I can't do anything about it. I'm just the I don't know what I am. Talker, guy that talks too much. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're the you're the talker. <laughs> yeah, Steve's the fixer. I'm the talker. There you go. That's how it works. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's all we got. That's all you got. Uh, let us know if, um, I don't know. Let us know if you like us or if you hate us, but be nice about it either way. And, uh, until next time, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you in the multiverse.